Hi, Dr. Dalja. How are you? Fine. What's that echoey sound? Am I on speaker, Dr. Dalja? No. Okay. Um, you're on, I don't mean to scare you, the biannual podcast involving just me and you talking about COVID-19. Um, you only have a couple minutes, is that correct? I have, till, I have 27 minutes. All right, there's an echo. I don't, I think it's on your end. It's just my phone, I don't know. Hmm. All right. Well, you want to call me back? I don't know. Um, Jot, keep talking. Adalja, doctor. What? All right. Why are you mad at me already? I don't know. You're in a bad mood. Why? Well, I know why, but why else? Why are you upset? I don't know. I'm not upset. I'm are fine. you burnt out? Do you have COVID burnout? Fighting a on the front bit. lines? A little bit. It's frustrating, but. Um, are you, how is it? You're in Pittsburgh? Mm-hmm. And um, do you think that uh, it's getting better in terms of just being able to manage uh, at the hospital level, people coming in with COVID? Well, we didn't really have a major problem in March, April, May, or June. And uh, what happened is that we started to get a lot of increased cases in younger people starting maybe two weeks ago. And that's tied to most people going, mostly people going to bars or traveling to like Myrtle Beach and places like that and coming back. But we haven't seen a major uptick in the hospitalizations. Uh, there's been a few new hospitalizations, but it's not, it's not unmanageable now. But the key will be trying to make sure that these young people don't set off chains of transmission that land people in the hospital and making sure we have enough case contact investigators to be able to handle the number of cases. And they're sort of underwater now they, with like 200 cases in a couple over the last couple of days that are occurring almost daily. So that's hard for them to keep up with. At your hospital specifically? No, at the, in the county that Pittsburgh is in. So two questions. One, the young people, are they getting this strain of COVID that uh, came over here, or is it mutating in a level that's affecting young people in greater proportions? No, there's a mutated strain in the virus, but it's not necessarily changing its behavior. People are just getting the regular the, the garden variety coronavirus, but the garden variety coronavirus in all parts of the United States, except for Santa Clara County in California, is one that's has a mutation in it that, at least in a lab, makes it more transmissible. Wait, what's going uh, on in Santa Clara County? It's just they don't have it there. They don't have the same... Yeah, so we don't really know. It could be like a founder effect, cause Santa, meaning that Santa Clara got seeded with one of the early strains, and, and that's what really took off there, because Santa Clara was the place where we saw where some of the first deaths from this, this virus were, were found only post uh, after the fact, posthumously, because it wasn't something they knew that these people died from. I think people from. listening to this know what posthumous means, but keep going. I don't know what they do. I don't know. I have really smart listeners they're all home they've social distanced they're not ever going to go to any live shows again so i don't know why i'm even trying to do stand-up and i'm not by the way i'm never going to well until we have a vaccine that's safe and effective and um accessible to everyone uh that being beside the point sorry i interrupted to talk about myself i'm working on that but um did you finish your thought <laughs> no, I, I actually had a joke but i thought you weren't gonna you probably would get mad if i said what's your joke 
Because well, I don't know. I think you laughter have is the best screen. medicine until we have. I was gonna when you talked about a safe and effective vaccine. I was like, are you going? Is uh, is are Jessica Beale's children going to be invited? Doctor Dalja, hmm. I'm gonna have to edit this out of the podcast. Well, it's in the public domain, though. Okay, because I signed an NDA and I never mentioned anything about it. Yeah, but she talked about it on television. Okay, fine. And I uh, yes. I met with Jessica Biel, you guys. Oh, I, I, that, that violates the NDA. Damn it. Never mind. I met with... Justin Timberlake's wife. What? <laughs> Whatever. No one listens to this. If, if I, if, you know, I didn't meet with her. I'm, I'm a comedian and, and I am joking. Okay. So, and it's not funny. Jokes don't have to be funny, you guys. Anyway, so the other question I had about young people getting COVID, when they land in the hospital... Are they obvious? I'm guessing they're not on ventilators as long. They're like lower maintenance than some of the older or immunocom- immunocompromised folks. Is that correct? Yeah, but they're not really getting, they're not the ones that are getting hospitalized. It's more the vulnerable ones. So when it's a young person that's in the hospital, they usually are obese or diabetic or asthmatic or something. It's usually, and most of them are not healthy. I haven't seen like a young person admitted. The youngest patient I took care of was like 49 years old and he was a diabetic. Gotcha. The other thing, so now that, you know, on the subject of young people, there's a lot of talk about schools opening up. And um, it seems crazy if you look at cases like in Israel, when they opened the schools, they had to shut them down again because they were, you know, there were like increased cases of COVID. But then the American Academy of Pediatrics and you also agree that schools should reopen. And I did read what you told me to read. It was an article in the New York Times about the American Academy of Pediatrics decision. And I I do understand there is nuance to it and that makes sense. But can you talk about why you think it's good for schools to reopen now? There's a couple of things. So one is that children are not, they don't really get very badly sick with this. There's some rare, you know, it's the general case that children don't get very sick with this. Obviously, there are exceptions to that, but in general, then children aren't major transmitters of infection. They don't magnify the virus the way they do with influenza. And we know they get infected, but we don't see any epidemiology that they're sparking outbreaks. And that's been true the entire time during this pandemic. But teachers are fucked. Well, the teachers are unlikely to get it from children. And it doesn't mean that you don't, it doesn't mean that you open a school without protecting teachers, that you have to come up with a way to, to do that with face coverings, with social distancing, all of that to do it. And, and there are, you know, schools in Israel open and close. It's because there's community transmission. It's not that the kids were actually getting it at the school. And there have been schools open in other places like Denmark and Finland. Some places didn't even barely close schools for this, like, like in Taiwan, for example. And we already have schools open in Wyoming, in Montana, in Idaho. And we haven't heard much about them. And we've heard about, about, um, Bars, heard very little about meatpacking so, plants. Right. That, yes. That's much different. Like you have to remember during this whole time that, Child care centers for essential workers were open the entire time, and we don't have any major stories of, of problems with these child with these child care centers that were open, which are very similar to schools. And we know that keeping children out of school harms them, and and it's that distance learning is not working, and it's magnifying already the 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 um, discrepancies that you see between rich and poor school districts and private and public schools. And and it's just you can't you're not going to be able to have an economy or anybody even actually being able to be productive or work. If they don't, if kids, if schools aren't open, so it has to be a that has to be the priority. Doctor so Dalja, I, I'm going to stop you there. That was a great response. When you do all of your media later, if you haven't already, I think that you really nailed it. You know, keep it short and sweet, but everything you just said, I could hear the passion in your voice, and it was like you really came alive in answering that. You added much needed nuance. It's very 
appreciated. Are you going to say but now? No, I'm not going to say but, but the thing I think that makes it hard for, you know, people to grasp this and why it's important for you to be like to really media whore out right now is because, you know, we've got people like Betsy DeVos who are the mouthpieces of this. And we know that like her brother is like what, like, a degree of separation. She's a degree of separation from like a possible like human trafficking adoption scheme, crazy shit. And like, she doesn't give a shit about kids. So it is hard to like trust that our government, you know, I think, I think one of your, I'm not going to say blind spots, but I just did. I think one of the problems is like, you know, you're in a public health setting and you have a degree of like, um, you believe that, you know, people will behave a certain way. And I think when we come to reality, you know, we're seeing that, you're seeing the lawlessness of it. And the fact that like in a perfect world where, you know, we had like social safety nets and people were able to um, get help from the government when they needed it. And, you know, like we had protective, uh, adequate personal protective equipment for teachers, you could have schools open. And, but now I think just because everything feels like it's so crazy... We might see. Do you think we might see some schools opening and then having outbreaks? Well, I think that's this is a new normal. This isn't going anywhere. So we have to come up with the way that we operate schools, or yeah. we're going to have. And I mean, would you advocate that the schools in Wyoming and Montana and Idaho just shut now, even though they've been open? I agree with you. No, I you have changed my mind. So the, the the other issue is, you know, the worst thing that's happened for the case for school opening is the president, the vice president, and the education secretary getting involved. A lot of us are making progress here, and but they then they fu- they mess it yeah, up. It, yeah, and as soon as as soon as they seem to say something, now that triggers everybody because they just assume it's completely data free and completely unsupported by evidence when there is strong evidence. And even the American Academy of Pediatrics has to be more nuanced saying, no, we're talking about using scientific principles here, not whatever, you know, these people who are basically like on this issue, they might be correct, but it's like a broken clock being correct. Yeah. They're just, they just happen to be. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm still wary because when we had that whole discussion about masks, Mm -hmm. remember, um, and you said that like masks don't work in the, but you were talking about N90, if you didn't have an N95 and you were in like a COVID zone, not having one isn't going to protect you from it. But what we're seeing is that masks, even if you just have cloth around your face, protect everybody, assuming if you act, if you're like kind of a, a pre-symptomatic carrier of it and you have a mask on, your transmission rates to other people are so much lower. Um, so it is interesting you know, I'm a little, I'm still a little sore about, about, I felt gaslit, gaslit a little bit when I, when I proposed cloth masks in February and you kind of. Well, I think so because well, most me. people, no, well, I can still tell you that. I mean, I, I still think that people don't wear masks properly. Most people have their nose out of them. Most people take them off and touch their face paradoxically more when they're wearing a mask when they don't. They, Do you have the research them. to back that up? That people. Yes, we t- yeah. That people you, touch you their face through, more. Yeah, go to the groceries because they're they're cleaning, They're always taking their mask down to talk to people or to use their face ID on their Apple phone. Yeah, that they don't. That they're they're definitely doing that. So I, that's why I've become more of an advocate of face shields because people. I are love less face likely. shields. I think they're great. So I, I've been. Can the virus float up through the face shield, or should? That, I think you're going to find aerobiologists that will say that, but does that really reflect epidemiologically how people are getting infected? I don't think that's the case. And, and most of us in the infectious disease 
medical world don't don't think that that's really that there's differences what you can do in an aerobiology experiment versus what happens in real life you know when you had suggested that i take a contact tracing course and i took it you guys can take it on coursera through johns hopkins it's free and it's about six hours i did it on the fourth of july because i was just trying to figure out something to do that was patriotic and i was really excited to be a contact tracer just because i live in southern california right now and i thought it would be like a kind of fun side hustle to just like call people in newport beach who've been at like unmasked trump protests and be like I'm so sorry. You should get tested because maybe you came into contact with someone. But um, then, A, I don't want to take away a job from somebody who needs one right now. And then also, that was a joke. I'm sorry. It was maybe insensitive. Don't. But they don't have enough contact tracers. That's the problem. You You can do it for free. Yeah, I would totally do it for free, but I don't want to be a contact tracing scab. But yeah, I will do it. I mean, I, I'm trying to get a couple projects off the ground, but yeah, I will totally do it. It seems very exciting. But here's a question I had that was interesting. So one of the questions that I failed on my test, they said that if you go inside and you have an unmasked contact with somebody for eight minutes who has COVID, are you a case that needs to be contacted? And I said, sure, why not, just to be on the safe side? And they said no, because is it 15 minutes or 10 minutes? What, if, what are they finding? Yeah, and it's not fleeting contact, so it's usually yeah, but around eight 15 minutes. minutes is legit. <clears throat> eight no, minutes you, is legit. You can do it, a lot. You can kill someone in eight minutes with your hands. But the, the, the yield on, on putting those people into your case contact investigation ring is much lower, and it's not something you don't – this isn't something that like teleports from one person to another. It's, it's, it's prolonged close contact with another person within six feet. If somebody so coughs say, in your face and walks by you, just coughs in your face with COVID, could you get it? Yes. Okay. So an eight, that's a different type of contact. They, they would have said that it would have been in the stem of the question. It would have said the person was directly exposed to body fluids. Then that's different. That's not the same thing as someone's in the same room as somebody. But no, I'm saying an eight minute conversation that isn't six feet apart in the same room is not considered a contact? Not a significant one. I mean, it is a contact, but it's not one that you would... But they're like doing all these calculations of hypothetical. It's like, we don't want this. We, we, are, we are understaffed with contact tracers. We don't want this contact tracer going above and beyond the call but of duty. It's not going above and beyond your... your to you, scare you the shit out of people. It, it may not be worth Yes. It may not be it's, worth it. I think there are a lot of calculations that I'm watching and listening public health experts deal with. There was a really interesting conversation on the daily the other week about, and this is something you and I talked about, and then I want to talk about one more thing and then I'll let you go. But um, they talked about that there's this like German doctor who noticed. Yes, yeah, asymptomatic versus presymptomatic. Asymptomatic versus, versus presymptomatic. And it was interesting because it's like on one level, you don't want to freak people out, but maybe we do need to freak people out. And like, what do you think? There's still no such thing as asymptomatic? I think it, it depends on how you word it. I think there are people that are that don't currently have symptoms that might develop symptoms in, in, the, in the period of time right before they develop symptoms could become contagious. So those are technically pre-symptomatic. But what about asymptomatic? If someone that that has no symptoms and never gets symptoms, I don't think they're driving outbreaks. It may be pre-symptomatic. And and the fact is most people, some people might think they're asymptomatic, but they don't realize that the aches and pains that they have are not because they were at the gym or slept wrong or the headache is not from a hangover, but it's coronavirus and they don't realize that. And then they go about their life and, and spread it and they get 
they think they didn't have coronavirus. And, and just you, because but they you don't won't realize. acknowledge that there is a world in which some people might have no symptoms and could possibly spread it. That just isn't something. I don't think that we have strong data to show that they drive or how frequent that occurs. It probably does, it, it probably can occur like in close households. Because it's so contact. hard to find, it's so hard to get that data right now, you know? It's like in the same thing of like when you're looking for data on like um, CTE or whatever, it takes, you know, decades, but the policies need to happen now with like football, for example. It's like brain injuries take a really long time to show up in that regard of like... <laughs> And then it's like, if you don't act quickly, all these people are being exposed. But it's like, it's hard. If you watch the WHO press conference, when they talked about this distinction, they talk about the fact when you look at those cases that are supposedly asymptomatic, you often find those people have very mild symptoms that they didn't think were related to coronavirus. So they were classified as asymptomatic. Mm -hmm. Even that first person, even that, that daily episode with the German doctor, they talk about the fact that this woman was taking ibuprofen. Because she had jet yes. lag. So she's mistaking her jet lag symptoms for coronavirus. Which, that's yes. what's happening. You're right. Okay, so that's all. That's just an interesting thing to note. Um, I guess there are two other things. And you should listen to the Daily, the one that they, where they talked about school opening, and they make some of the very same points that I do. Is that today? No, it was maybe last week. It was the one with it, it, no, William McNeil. Is the, uh, not William McNeil, Donald McNeil, the, the New York Times health reporter, is the one being interviewed. All right, I'll I'll listen to that. I think again, I I might I've been listening to all of them. Um, another little thing, I went to the beach. I found an empty beach that JC actually connected us to, and I was so nervous about COVID, I forgot to put on sunscreen. I got pretty no, no, no. pretty badly burned. I might have one. Yes, I think I might. I you know I'm already like my dad had a little skin cancer, so I'm. I'm, I'm very much at high risk for that. And I think it's just an interesting thing to note right now. A lot of people have, there's so much going on that you forget other aspects of healthcare because we're all kind of consumed by this. Like I didn't even want to go into a CVS to get sunscreen because I was like nervous about going into a CVS. So if people are listening, you know, I think there's a lot of overload right now and people are feeling burnt out and crazy and just kind of focus on your health and try to like clear your mind so that you can think about other things like wearing sunscreen. That's a yeah, little bit of a tangent. That's happening at hospitals too. What is? Oh, people are just... People are coming in, but people aren't coming in with heart attacks and strokes and whatever it might be because they're afraid. Of course, because everyone's just kind of... And that's then that goes back to the school thing where it's like we're so afraid about COVID, but we're not thinking about like domestic violence and child abuse and poverty and all these other things that can. All of which have increased during this. All of which have increased and will continue to increase because we don't have a functioning government. So I do think that those are things that we have to just kind of like look out for. Like if you're listening to this and it's freaking you out because it doesn't have the ratio of pontificating to jokes is so low right now, then, you know. You can just unplug and masturbate or something. I don't know. Do something to cause you a momentary respite of joy. You didn't like that, did you, Dr. Dalja? You didn't like that? No, I'm making a face. Yeah. Good. I was trying to rub you the wrong way. I know that's maybe sexual harassment in the workplace, so don't take it that way. But I was trying to add comedy to this, and I don't know what's funny anymore, except for base blue jokes. Um... 
And then, oh, I, this has nothing to do with anything, but I saw like some like In the Canyons documentary and I thought about how amazing Joni Mitchell is and then how she has like more gel, whatever that thing is called. And then I looked it up and it's like this crazy, it's almost like Lyme disease. Yeah, you probably don't want to talk about that. You're going to get a lot of people talking to you. No, I'm not. You are because I believe the people who think that they have like little things underneath their skin. I, I believe it. There's so much psychosomatic, you know, before I was a comedian, I studied medical anthropology, which is relating culture to disease. And there are so many illnesses that aren't accounted for in Western medicine that I think are psychosomatic or that, or, or that exist in reality, but you, but, you know, just haven't been studied enough because there hasn't been political will or money or whatever, but poor Joni Mitchell. And then... You don't have to comment on that. What's it called? Morgella or what's it called? Morgellons. Morgellons. Morgella is going to be my baby name of the child that I'm going to have in quarantine. Um, what else? Oh, do we want to talk about our, my friend or no? Is that, is that no bueno? Have you called the health department? Is everybody okay? Did they, did her? No, yeah, I don't think we can talk about that. Okay. There, you guys, there's some gossip that I can't talk about, but tune in next time because the more you realize that, you know, life is never going to be the same, the less fearful you are of just talking shit. So is there anything else? Oh, people are wondering always about vaccines. Like you still think two to five years? For maybe like two years to get the population vaccine. And we may see some stuff, some batches that are released like late in 2020, early 2021 for for healthcare workers, maybe high-risk people, but I, th- I think we're not going to have the whole population vaccinated. And already, the vaccine, the anti-vax people think that this is going to like microchip you if you get the vaccine. So that's the yeah, but spreading. that's called natural selection, and it's it's okay for those people to doubt science because you know we don't. They're not helping, so why, you know, it's fine. I'm trying to find questions, so this wonderful guy, Colin Anderson, is going to let us put this podcast up again, and he had some questions for you, so before we sign off, I want to find them. How's your mental health? How are you doing, Dr. Dolja? I'm fine. I'm the same same as normal, same as usual. You are so steadfast in the face of such a tragedy. All right. Um, Oh, some questions we've already answered. One... Uh, he hasn't, ha- ha- I guess, ask if, oh, he wants to know if you've had a haircut since March. I haven't. Yeah. You have? I have. Yeah. Hair, hair salons are open. And I mean, you're a little fast and loose, Dr. Dolgen. And I had, and I had, and I had a nurse cut my hair twice during the middle of the pandemic. I don't want to hear about your sex stuff, but, um, okay. Is he, are you still comfortable getting takeout? You always have been, right? Yeah. I've been getting takeout and I've been, I've even eaten in restaurants. Dr. Dolja, again. The eating in restaurants, are you wearing a face mask or you're, why are you indoor, you're indoors eating at restaurants? Mm-hmm. Doctor, why? Uh, I don't know, because I, I get hungry. You have a death wish. No. Dr. Dolja, you shouldn't be eating at indoor restaurants. That's not cool. Right? Can't they just eat I, outside? Isn't outside better? You're 20, as a contact tracer, I now know that you're 20 times likelier to get COVID indoors. Yeah, well, I, I have eaten outdoors, and I've, I've also eaten indoors. In but you're eating alone, so you're fine. Table for one. Is that what this is about? Yeah, or something like that. Or table Aww. for two. It depends, on who it depends on what I'm doing, but I've, I've been to restaurants. I think you can do it safely. It's just there's people that don't know how to, to behave in those types of situations. There are people that have friends and family that they—no, that was mean. That was a bad joke. I'm sorry. 
I just don't want you to influence anybody to get COVID by thinking it's okay to eat indoors. So that's why I'm... No, but it, it can be okay. It depends on how you act in those places. You, if you're, if you're, you assume yeah. people have training in like uh, immunology or infectious disease or whatever. It's not. It's just training in hygiene. Nobody is training in hygiene. I didn't, I don't, I still don't wash my hands. You know why though? I didn't wash my hands for a while because I thought small amounts of virus would just make me immune later. Remember how you talked to my friend Regina and you told her to run, to uh, put her baby on the floor of the subway pre-COVID and just roll it all o- over the place? Well, so that yeah, it- well, children that are dirtier children are less likely to get allergies and things like that. That's, that, that's the hygiene hypothesis, that we're too clean. Yeah, like the but peanut obviously allergy. There's, there, obviously, there's limits to that, but yeah, yeah, peanut allergies, too much antibiotics, asthma, autism, childhood obesity, maybe all related. Well, asthma is op- opposite also, though, because environmental factors contribute to asthma so a lot of kids in places that are toxic have higher rates of asthma well it depends because there's like a thing with the cockroach the dust mite and cockroaches that might have something to do with asthma that's a little bit interesting one other question from colin would you risk booking a vacation next summer i mean you're already yeah you you live on the wild side it it depends on where you're going and i think you're going to wuhan is it pretty safe there now cheap tickets no, I don't know if it is or not, but you're going to have a quarantine on both sides of that. So you have to look and you have to look because you can, your vacation is going to be add, expensive unless you go to Canada where they pay for you to quarantine. You can't go to Canada. I know you, you can't go to Canada. I'm so sad about that. How are we going to get out? That's my question. How are we going to get out and when can we travel yeah. again? It depends on where you're going. And there are places people are going to Mexico. People are going to like the Bahamas and things like that. But I, didn't I, Mexico I because of my friend just not let people Americans in? Can we go? I think some people can go to. Me- I think there's some parts of Mexico. Can we escape? Can we like go Cuba and then go somewhere else if we have to escape? As a Jewish person, I'm always wondering what. How do I escape? If Trump there's becomes president th- again, how do we get out of here? Certain countries. There's certain countries that you can go to. You can't go to the EU though, but uh, in Canada, but there are other ones. Can I go to the UK? I don't think so, but I'm not sure. I don't know that one off the top of my head. If you can go to the UK, <sighs> but you can go to. You can come to Pittsburgh. But it's not its own independent country. And I know that, you know, I appreciate that. I have family in Pittsburgh. I just, I'm, I'm pretty happy on the West Coast right now. I mean, I, I did want to talk to a seismologist because I think we're going to have a major earthquake soon. And hopefully Josh and I will be out of this glass house when it happens. Right now we're in an earthquake death trap, but I think only for one more week. But, um, you know, I decided to talk to you instead because there's just so much going on with COVID. I, I, I think we should do these more regularly but I also don't. So <laughs> any other thoughts? Who's no, your favorite? You. Who's your, what's your favorite network to be on? Maddow? I, I like CNN and MSNBC the best. It depends. I don't, I go on MSNBC the most. Cool. Um, do you have any advice? I'll be, I'll be, on, I'll be on MSNBC today around five. Cool. All right. Well, this will come out when, after that, but um, thanks for the plug. Last question. Do you have any advice for people in terms of self-care? To the people that are still listening, you're my ride or die genocides, and I just appreciate you being here for the ride. Um, and uh, do, you have any, do you have any advice for them on self-care? How? Well, no, no, no activity is going to be without risk. You're going to have to come up with an individual risk calculus every time you step out the door, and certain activities are going to be more or less dangerous. Wear sunscreen just, when you're outside. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's the same thing. Uh, whatever. I'm not doing live comedy because even though people are thinking that you can do it in a safe way, it's just there, it's not an essential thing, and there's no reason for me to like put people at risk. Aren't I noble? I guess. What do you think? Of, stop. What do you think about like you know Chappelle and other comics like doing live shows? Well, I mean, you can do things safely. We've got to come up with some way to do these things safely. Do we? Well, I mean, if you want them to continue. Okay. When do you think everything will be back to whatever version of normal it can be? Like five years? I don't think it ever will be because people are going to be scarred by this and they're going to still have some of these habits about like wearing face coverings and, and social distancing and avoiding congregated places and ordering things online and, and taking vacations that are more outdoors versus, you know, in, in Las Vegas or something. Can you safely fly like with an N95 and not have exposure to it? I guess if you use a bathroom, you're kind of fucked. I don't think you need to wear an N95 when you're flying. I, I have not worn an N95 in public ever. Is it? But if you want to wear an N95 when you're flying because you're me, that's okay, right? They're hard to breathe and I've already done it once. No, I wouldn't wear an N95 for that prolonged of a period. No, I would not. Because it would hurt your ability to breathe or why? You, you do start to, those are the types of masks that are like occlusive to your, they are obstructive to your breathing and you're already up there in the air where your oxygen levels are a little bit lower um, than, than normal. I, I would not wear an N95 on a mask, uh, on a plane, and I wouldn't wear an N95 on the street. Well, I did it. And I'm still here to talk about it. All yeah. right. Okay. All right. This has been fine. Um, it's nice to always talk to you. I'm glad you're doing well. Um, you know, tips for self-care, which we still didn't fully address, I guess, just like watch, watch Palm Springs on Hulu. <laughs> I'm watching that, that, what's it called, uh, Little Fires Everywhere. That's a good one. Do you know I'm in Palm Springs? Do you know I have a bit part in a really sweet movie about people that have to relive the same day until they don't? Is that, that, was, that was Groundhog Day. That was, formed, that was filmed in Pittsburgh. Yes, it is, it is like a homage to Groundhog's Day, but a newer version, and it's very relevant to our times. You should check it out. It's on Hulu. I have a small part in it. No big deal. But um, I think it's nice for people to just watch content that can help them either slightly escape but it's dark enough that it can kind of it kind of brings people back into the darkness in a healthy way all right i have to go i already like missed the call because of you i did too i missed the call because of you all right stay safe dr dalja thanks again and hopefully we'll talk to you soon bye BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.